0: My name is Dr. Justin Alger, and this is the Future Future!
1: College Parent Podcast. We are not here necessarily to see what a student can do right now. We're actually here for planning their future all the way through degree completion and to see what they can do to finance their education.
0: Hello, future college parents, moms, dads, and any family member who's helping a student get to college. Welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to arming parents like you, our original influencers, with free information and resources to help the next generation of students prepare, choose, and finance college. And by college, I mean any and all education after high school or equivalent, and by parent, I mean anyone helping a young human through schooling towards college. This show is predicated with the belief that anyone can access and pay for college if they want to and should start preparing as early as the sixth grade. I am your host, Dr. Justin Alger, but you can call me Justin. That voice you heard over the intro music is the guest of Episode 7, Mr. Pedro Sanchez, Director of Financial Aid at Wheeling University. Pedro is student and family-focused, and to top it off, he knows financial aid and leads the league in financial aid credentials. In this episode, we discuss FAFSA completion, federal student loan program, and professional judgments. I hope you enjoy my interview with Pedro. Pedro! Welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast, and thank you for being here and helping future college parents. And thank you for also being my first guest after the first six-episode premiere of the Future College Parent Podcast. Hey, welcome to the show, Pedro.
1: Well, thank you, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Good. I'm happy that you are here. Let's start out, if you could share your role and describe in what capacity you support parents and their students on their post-secondary education journey.
1: Sure. So I'm the director of financial aid currently at Wheeling University. As the director, it is our job to oversee a number of staff in the financial aid field and guide students through the process of financial aid from their very first day on campus and even before then all the way through degree completion. Um, The very first thing that I told my staff and I continue to tell any new staff is that we are not here Necessarily to see what a student can do right now. We're actually here for planning their future all the way through degree completion and to see what they can do to finance their education. Part of that, I believe, is even though I am officially a title of the director, i rather be meeting with a parent than in the background doing any of the reporting. Any of my staff can actually attest to that. I'd rather be out there meeting with families, kind of discussing what their financials are and even, you know, how their day is going rather than doing any reporting in the background.
0: And in your director role, do you, do you get the opportunity to do that or do you, do you need to make the opportunity to
1: do that? Both. um no i do get the opportunity to do that and i'm very blessed because of the university i work for now and how close-knit we are but i also do make the efforts and go above and beyond to always have those conversations at least once with each student because i feel like it's a personal connection that needs to be met because me as a first generation college student myself i knew what it was like going into a college and not knowing what financial aid was and not really understanding any of the basic concepts. So I want to make sure that all families, no matter what their background, whether first generation or not, all have that same experience.
0: And that's great that you have that perspective. And I'll come right back to that. But can you just tell us a little bit about Wheeling University? IPEDS tells us that it's a small, private, religious-affiliated institution in West Virginia. You accept about 77% of students in the 2021 academic year. Does that sound accurate?
1: Yes, that's about accurate. We do accept as many students as possible as long as they're meeting criteria um, through high school as well as their GPA and SAT scores. Um, and then we also do a lot of work with making sure that when we do admit students that they're excelling, especially in their first year seminar courses and you know, propelling and going on towards degree completion.
0: When we connected about a month ago, I saw you post that you recently earned all 17 possible nationwide financial aid credentials from the National Association of Student Financial Aid Administrators. And uh, you mentioned that only 199 people in the country have done this. And in your, your post, you wrote that you were very proud of yourself, which you absolutely should be. And, uh, and you said, quote, I do the long hours of studying far behind my workday for students. We are lifelong learners, and regulations constantly change. There is nothing more important to me compared to knowing I'm making a positive impact on students' lives as they are our future. Thank you. I mean, that's just fantastic, and congratulations. So the first question that I have is, can you name all 17? I'm just kidding. But we do want to explore three of the 17, if that's okay. Let's start out with... FAFSA completion right now in our pre-conversation you indicated that uh, for parents one of the biggest trends that need to be known for financial aid that probably won't change is uh, regarding FAFSA completion in general so can you please remind listeners what the FAFSA acronym stands for
1: Yes, so FAFSA stands for the Free Application for Federal Student Aid and essentially it's the application you're completing online and they also have the mobile app now which is also very user friendly and it's the very first step. It is the building block. It is the foundation for any financial aid office to be able to determine what kind of help they can give you when you fill out the fafsa what does that do for a student so essentially that's giving the department of education and that financial aid office the information regarding both the students taxes if they have a spouse their tax information as well as any parent information as well regarding their taxes and their income and it's truly helping to make a determination to see what their efc which is their estimated family contribution is, essentially saying this is how much as a family you should be able to help contribute towards financing a student's education. Now that by no means is always accurate, nor is it an indication of what that student will actually pay as a bill for that year. But it helps as that first principle and that first building block towards seeing what kind of aid a student may be eligible to receive.
0: Makes sense. And now the, the National Education, or excuse me, the National Center for Educational Statistics indicates that about half of the 2021 high school class completed the FAFSA. And it's hovered about from about 50 to 55% for the past several years. And also the, the, the uh, same organization shows that about 66% of the 2019-2020 class enrolled in traditional colleges. So when you suggest that FAFSA completion is an issue for parents and students in filing the FAFSA, generally speaking, what are the issues with, with FAFSA
1: completion? It's gotten a lot simpler over the years, however, still very complicated in terms of making sure you're putting in accurate information knowing what information you need to put in for example most parents would assume that you'd be putting in your most recent tax return information when in fact the fafsa goes off of something called prior prior year meaning that they always go off of information for your taxes that two years old so for the 22 23 academic year it's actually going off of your 2020 tax information so that's always something that we find that parents are having trouble with or not understanding. Another part of it, honestly, is just the fear of what is the correct information? What if I mistype a name? And them not having proper guidance for FAFSA completion and them not knowing. You can actually call FAFSA. There's a hotline number on the studentaid.gov website and have them walk you through it as well or any of the potential financial aid offices. I can't even begin to tell you how many times... I've had prospective families call in and say, we may or may not be considering your institution, but we understand it's a financial aid office. Would you be willing to help us complete the FAFSA? And almost all the time I say, yes, come on in. I'm more than glad to sit and help you complete it, whether you're attending our institution or not, because I want to see you succeed.
0: What is a parent's role in filling out the FAFSA?
1: So the parent has a role to input their own information with their names and if they have a spouse their spouse information all of them and their spouse's tax information and then one of the biggest reasons what we actually see in the back-end financial aid um, which is kind of technical is we get something called a rejected FAFSA just meaning that there's something missing or something wrong which is a lot of times the parent's electronic signature So essentially, parents also need to sign electronically just by creating their own username and password on the FAFSA website. This way, they're saying, yes, this is the student's FAFSA, and it's complete. And I think that there's just a negative stigma that's associated with the FAFSA, that it's long, it's complicated.
0: One of the goals that I have in the creation of this show is that we're talking directly to future college parents and and trying to tell them, hey, it's okay. Don't be scared. It's just uh, asking you for basic information. And I'm wondering, too, do you ever interact with families or parents or guardians specifically that are that have concerns or they're a little uncomfortable with sharing their income information with their student?
1: Yes. So they don't necessarily have a problem with it being shared and listed on the FAFSA. They just don't feel like the student needs to see that information. And that's when I tell them, have the student log into their FAFSA, get up to that section, and then you input your own data and you hit save. And then once you're done hitting save, they can't change that information unless they go on and make corrections. But sharing that information is not going to Cause any harm. It's truly just to help benefit the student to see what they can be eligible to receive.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering too if maybe they're they're uncomfortable, S- certainly sharing the information publicly, maybe or maybe the perception is that the, that the information is is becomes public. But also, I'm wondering if if there are concerns or apprehension with sharing financial information with
1: their student directly. I have tried to ask those questions, and I think that they've there's been some misconceptions and thinking that they're sharing it directly with the student. And that's when I advise them to even have the student come in with to the office and come in with their own tax information. And we can go through the FAFSA together, have the student step out. And then most of the time the parents understand, yep, it's not like the student's doing anything wrong, or there's anything going to be done incorrectly. It's just a matter of physically even handing over tax documents to a student that sometimes the parents don't like the idea of, even if it's just a matter of them being afraid, they're going to lose it while they're inputting information.
0: I'm trying to get to uh, sort of like an ego thing. Oh, my my student's going to see that I don't make a, a lot of money or they're going to see that I am a failure or maybe I'm not a, a lesser than because I don't make as much money as, as you would think or don't think type of thing. So I'm just trying to get to get trying to get to that. And I think that you, it sounds like that you have, are able to have those conversations, but they're not routinely... Expressed to you. So is that is that sort of accurate?
1: Yes, that's pretty accurate And I think that you make a great point and it's sort of a it's a mirror That's essentially put up where they don't necessarily know Or have to disclose information to the student about their own taxes and they don't want that information given to them Because of whatever kinds of thoughts the students may have about them But for the most part, I've seen it where those conversations don't typically end that way in fact I've honestly seen it where the students, frankly, don't care. They just are glad that they have some form of getting that information to complete this FAFSA application that they've never even heard of before, and they're just ready for it to be over and signed. This way, they can say their part of it's done.
0: All right, so let's shift gears. Let's talk about the Federal Student Loan Program. And can you share with us what is the Federal Student Loan Program? So
1: essentially, the Federal Student Loan Program was designed to lend money to students in order to help attend post-secondary education. Part of the program has both need-based and non-need-based loans, meaning that from the results of the FAFSA, you may qualify for that need-based loan, which is called a federal subsidized loan. It is subsidized, meaning that it's not accruing interest while that student is enrolled in school at least half time. And it's traditionally a little bit better for students, essentially a better option for closing that gap towards financing their education. Okay,
0: so you mentioned direct subsidized loans that are need based, and now are there other types of loans?
1: There's the federal unsubsidized loan, which has the same fees associated with it, except the interest does start accruing right away. So while the students enrolled, the interest accrues, and it's automatically put onto the their federal student loan servicers account. So we do always encourage students to take advantage of the subsidized loan if they do qualify first and to always make sure they're doing whatever they can to lower their overall borrowing <laughs> while enrolled in school.
0: Great. And now currently, what are the maximum amounts of subsidized and or unsubsidized loan the student can take out per year?
1: Overall, it varies upon whether students consider a dependent or independent student. And a dependent student right now can borrow up to fifty-five. dollars hundred dollars a year in loans total and then as they progress through their college career that does increase to sophomore at sixty five hundred per year and then third year and beyond junior and beyond seventy five hundred per year
0: so fifty five hundred dollars for the first year sixty five for the second year and seventy five hundred for the third year and beyond yes Okay, great. And then there's a third, the the PLUS loan.
1: The Federal Parent PLUS loan is essentially a loan that the parent can take out on behalf of the student to help finance their education. Now, that loan doesn't have an annual cap like the subsidized and unsubsidized loans. That cap for the parent PLUS loan is essentially up to a student's cost of attendance. So it can help pay for the remainder of their bill after all of their financial aid and... You know any other educational costs for that academic year, as long as the parents approved, and it is credit based, um, as well as some other factors that they use to help make that determination.
0: When you talked about the types of of student loans, you mentioned interest rates. So I'm wondering what is a what is an interest rate in relation to a student loan and uh, origination fees or these type of things? What is what is that all about?
1: So the origination fees for all the federal student loans in that program are designed to help offset the cost of originating those loans and actually having the part of ed pay them out to an institution now that does vary and it's set forth by the Department of education guidelines you know using some mathematical equation and some other things now the interest rates are set as well in those same formats And for the Parent PLUS Loan, the other reason why it's truly a last resort is because it's a little bit higher. It could be anywhere between six to 8% is what I've seen it. The other loans, the subsidized and the unsubsidized loans are typically a lot lower of an interest rate.
0: In relation to interest rates for the subsidized loan, interest rates aren't accruing while a student is in school, but with an unsubsidized loan, the interest rates are accruing while the student is in school. So they're paying when they eventually finish school, they're going to be paying the interest that they, or they're going to be paying the interest that's been accruing during their time in school, where a direct, a subsidized loan, they would just start paying the principal and the interest would start accruing after their done with school. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So with the unsubsidized and the subsidized loan for an undergraduate student, right now it's actually about 3.73%. And with the subsidized loan, essentially the Department of Education is paying for that interest while the student's already enrolled, whereas the unsubsidized loan, it's accruing. Now with the unsubsidized loan, unfortunately, because it is already accruing, it compounds at the end essentially then whatever the new total principal balance is, they'd be paying interest on that, which is why I highly recommend students always pay at least a few dollars per month to their loan servicers if they can and if they are borrowing unsubsidized loans to help overall lower the amount in which they'd have to repay.
0: I think that's great advice. And then the plus loans, the interest starts as soon as you take out the loan and parents are on the hook for paying the loan immediately, right? That's not a let's wait until after school's over to start paying.
1: So that one is actually an option the parent when they're filling out that application can say, yes, six months after my student graduates is when I want to start making payments. But you're right. The interest does start occurring right away as well. And now that one does have a higher interest rate, and right now that one's about 6.28%.
0: How can parents help their students to not assume a significant amount of debt?
1: Well, that's actually a really good question, because as something my own father even once told me was, get up and go to work, go cut grass, go bag groceries, and I know it sounds cliche, but go do those small things and actually save some money. Because at the end of the day, it is your education that you want.
0: So having parents encourage their students to work and and do anything that they can to make any sort of extra cash to contribute
1: helps. Yes. And then also applying for scholarships and applying for scholarships in really weird places. I've seen scholarships from pizza joints to places where their taxes are done to cell phone carriers and not being afraid to say, hey, I have a student who's going off to college, do you guys offer a scholarship? Because I've seen them from everywhere and some people are like, oh, it's only a $200 scholarship. But if you have five scholarships that you're receiving at $200 each, it adds up truly. And every dollar does count.
0: Absolutely. And I think at my graduation, I received some scholarships that I didn't even know we had organizations in my town. And I grew up in a very small rural place. So I have seen businesses recently in the in the media that have announced that they've, they're providing tuition, tuition assistance to employees and those type of things. So maybe seeking the out those types of opportunities as well. And so let's move into our last area. And I think it's your favorite area of financial aid is uh, professional judgments, you predict that professional judgments related to the COVID-19 pandemic are going to skyrocket for the next one to two years. So if I could start out with what is a professional judgment?
1: When a professional judgment first happens, it's typically when a student or a parent or both either call, come into the office or email us saying, you know what, our information that we had to list on a FAFSA does not accurately represent what our ability to pay today is. This is a perfect example of how you may be doing the 2022 to 2023 FAFSA and putting 2020 tax information. Someone's 2020 tax information may not accurately represent what their total income today is and therefore that's when a professional judgment would happen we'd say okay well what is your ability to pay today are you currently working did you have a job loss Did you have excessive medical bills? And we'd be able to take all that information into consideration and see and submit it back to the Department of Ed and say, you know what, what is the student's true ability to pay today and the parent's true ability to pay today? And does that affect that EFC, the estimated family contribution number, where they may be eligible for additional financial aid?
0: And so a family would come to you and they would say, Pedro, this isn't right. There's no way that I can pay X amount of dollars. What is it that I do? How do How do I do this? What is there's got to be something wrong here? I lost my
1: job or we've already started to see it due to medical expenses related to the COVID-19 pandemic where there's been extended hospital stays and, you know, the medical bills have skyrocketed and there's different percentages built into the income protection allowances for medical bills and I'm willing to bet that if you had a hospital stay that easily goes above and beyond that so we'd be able to submit that back to the and say hey this student and these parents had these kind of expenses. Do they qualify for any additional aid? Now unfortunately there is no guarantees but this is something that I truly enjoy doing because it makes me feel good knowing that I'm helping a student and a parent possibly to obtain any additional aid.
0: And that makes sense. So some of the common issues you see related to these judgments are incorrect FAFSA information, job loss, I think you mentioned. I would imagine marital status, a change in marital status would be would be one as well. And then you're suggesting now medical bills, and this is where you think there's going to be a, an uptick in, in the amount of professional judgments related to medical bills due to the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: Yes, between medical bills and changing in jobs or a job loss because of the pandemic, I do really, I mean, we've already started to see it um, just in my career now where we've seen a few more come in, but I do see it over the next couple of years where they're just going to skyrocket. Um, as long as we're going off a prior prior year for FAFSA for at least the next few years to come, where we're gonna say, you know what, these parents weren't working at this time, or they changed jobs so they're not making as much, or they had an, a huge amount of medical expenses, so that's something that we're gonna be dealing with financial aid offices, and I suspect that financial aid offices across the country are gonna be dealing with
0: when or when is the appropriate time, or when is the best time to approach the financial aid office when a family member or a, or a parent or a student realizes that there's something not correct or accurate with their financial or if there's a change in their financial information.
1: Let us know right away. Send us a quick email. The financial aid office just say, Hey, I just got done the FAFSA for next year and I just wanted to know, you know, my tax information doesn't look the same. I don't work that same job. Is there anything else I need to do?
0: So as soon as you figure out there's something that's, that's not right or Has changed or is no longer accurate, reach out.
1: Yes, there is no harm in doing at least an inquiry.
0: That's great. And I think that will leave it there. And I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and providing your thoughts and your expertise i really thank you again for being guest number seven on the future college parent podcast
1: thank you so much for being on the show thank you justin it was a pleasure and i can't wait to be on a future episode as well oh i gotta have you back huh you're inviting yourself back there has to be a sequel
0: imagine the work it takes to complete 17 certification programs? My head is spinning just scripting this podcast episode. Pedro is so knowledgeable and clearly understands how financial aid works. We discussed three financial aid topics and he's invited himself back to the show to discuss more. There's already so much to discuss here and I want to share with you five things I learned from my talk with Pedro. Number one, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or the FAFSA, is the foundational building block to determining a student's eligibility for federal financial aid. The form requires dependent students to include parent financial information in the application using tax information for two years prior, or the prior prior year's tax return information that has already been filed. Number two, don't be afraid you're going to make a mistake filling out the FAFSA. You can correct the information later. Number three, there are three types of loans in the Federal Student Loan Program. Subsidized, unsubsidized, and the PLUS Loan. Subsidized loans are available for undergraduate students with financial need, which is not met through other forms of financial aid. During the time the student is enrolled at least half-time, the U.S. Department of Education pays the loan's interest. Unsubsidized loans are available for undergraduate students and cannot exceed the difference between the cost of attendance and the financial aid a student receives. Interest on these loans is accrued as soon as the loan is taken. A Parent PLUS loan can be taken by parents of dependent undergraduate students as a last resort to help make up the difference between a student's awarded financial aid and the remaining cost of attendance. Like the unsubsidized loan, interest rates are accrued as soon as the loan is taken. Number four, professional judgments are used by financial aid administrators when there is a documented discrepancy impacting your expected family contribution. Administrators can exercise judgment to award additional financial aid to a student. Some of the reasons a student might seek a professional judgment include loss of family income, change in marital status, or significant medical bills. Reach out to the financial aid office as soon as you know, there's a discrepancy between what you have filed and more current and accurate information. Number five, to help offset college costs, encourage your student to go to work, to earn every penny they can. Every little bit helps offset college costs. You can also encourage your student to apply for scholarships from random places, such as local businesses, like your local pizza joint. You never know, unless you ask, what did you learn? Here's your homework and you thought it would be over after the podcast premiere? Please head to futurecollegeparent.com where you can access the Future College Parent Network and post what you learned by listening to this episode and engage with other listeners so we can learn together. Also at futurecollegeparent.com, you can access the show notes for a wealth of information on the items we discussed during the episode and check out all of our social platforms. While you're at it, please share the podcast widely with other parents and leaders of activities your student is involved in and your school administrators so they can share with your school district. You can also let parents know the show is streaming directly from the website and there's no need to download anything. Just point your browser to futurecollegeparent.com and enjoy. The show is also on your favorite podcast platforms as well. I want to thank Pedro Sanchez for coming on the show. Be on the lookout for a new episode on Wednesday, May 18th, and continuing Wednesdays every two weeks after. Thanks for listening to the Future College Parent Podcast.